not Pastor Matt, as you can tell. Um, and we were trying to get our headpiece together, so hopefully you can hear me. If not, I'll grab the mic, but I'm getting the sign that you can. All right, cool. Um, we're actually going to go with his sermon, so if you don't like the sermon, you can talk with him. Um, we're going to deal with his sermon. Um, and he just wants me to simply say, Merry Christmas and welcome to FBC. Our text, Isaiah 9, 6, which says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a sign is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So with that, let's pray. Father God, we come before you thanking you for the fact that you are our everlasting peace, that you are great counselor, that you are the one that we can come to, that you have given us a way that um, would bring us life and just ultimately would bring our wholeness. And we thank you for that. We pray, God, that you would help us to understand the truth that lies within your text and that you would be with me as I preach, God, that you would just, um, that you would simply just, uh, that you would go forth and that your word would uh, not return void, God. So we thank you for all you've done and all you're doing. Um, we just pray that you would just be clear now. In your precious name we pray, amen. Um, so... Obviously, Matt is sick with COVID, and so the staff is praying that they don't have it because they were, when I came here on Thursday, they were all together and um, singing Kumbaya, and it was really scary, as he told me later on. And so um, we just pray that he go, he's well with the family and, um, and pray that the staff continues to be well as well. So we're glad you're here with us on this Christmas Eve um, and look forward just to kind of digging in. So Isaiah 9-6 is the passage, and turn there with me. And we're going to get going. From the video and the reading in Psalms and reading in Isaiah 9, you can tell we're talking about peace. I'm willing to bet that this is a peace that you really probably could use tonight as you're kind of thinking about just, you know, your last minute gifts and things you need to do around the house. That peace is a great idea for you. And so movement one, our lack of peace. Not just absence and conflict of war, but this positive sense of well-being and everything being in its proper place. But we all know that our peace is constantly disrupted. There's the obvious things like war, sickness, death, loss, financial issues, family drama. Maybe your peace is disrupted because you didn't want to be here tonight and you're here. So that's kind of messed with your idea of what peace is about. Um, I don't know. There's layers to it. This week I read um, an author who did some research for a book he was writing. You notice with so many other alarming rise of anxiety and mental health issues, especially with young people today. He interviewed psychologists and found a few co consistent themes that continue to, to our lack of peace today. First, we're isolated. Lack of community. Transcend move, relocate, real time with real people have been replaced by screens and social media. Second, we deal with the information overload, flooded every hour of the day with data, instant news reports all about what's wrong in the world. Most recent tragedy, taking more data in a week than people used to in years, often becoming the alarmist. People want attention, so it's always click here to read about three households, items that could kill you tonight. One psychologist even pointed out the average high schooler today has, been, has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatrist patient in the early 1950s. One of the greatest ir ironies of our time, we are safer and more secure in the modern world than ever before, yet we have far less peace than those who have gone before us. 
And so we read Isaiah 9, an Old Testament prophet, thousand years ago, centuries before Jesus was born. Hear this word of hope. See in the context, Isaiah 9, the people would have had plenty of reason not to be too long for this peace. Back up just a piece, um, back up just a bit near the start of the chapter, verse 2, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land, a deep darkness, a light has dawned. People walking in darkness. In the context of, of Isaiah 9, the people of God were fearful, political, military threats surrounding the nation of, in chapter 7, word of coming judgment for God for their sins in chapter 8. This means foretelling that first Christmas came to weary, fearful people in darkness. People who can relate to, especially as the holiday season has a way of mm, amplifying our pain. When others are celebrating, we may reflect on what or what we've lost. Mo movement two, the claim, Prince of Peace. But right in the middle of this gloom, the darkness Isaiah 9, we get this word of hope, verses 3 through 5. It speaks of rejoicing and freedom and an end of violence. Wonderful thing. Verse 6 tells us those things will come about. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince of Peace. Maybe this verse is familiar to you. Isaiah, not other Old Testament books, is quoted more than any other um, section in Isaiah. Isaiah, perhaps no one else sees it more. It's a banner in our lobby, um, Isaiah 9-6. The verse is pointing us towards, like so much of Isaiah, to this hero, Messiah, King, who will come and save the world, speaks first to his birth in verse 6. A child is born, reminds us of the angels announcing to the shepherds, bring good news of great joy for all people in the town of David. The Savior has been born. The verse continues, and the government will be on his shoulders, speaks of his reign as king, establish his kingdom and rule with justice, be in charge, reversing the fall. If you go back to page three of the Bible, you see that we fell into sin and we were we, when we wanted to be like God. We wanted to be in charge, determine God and, and evil for ourselves, like how we want. That's the narrative that so many of us live with in ourselves. That's the narrative many of us live with, and it's just crushing us, exhausting, trying to be our own master. We're sold, we're sold a bill of goods saying, uh, this is the way of good life. People are more burdened and enslaved and anxious and unhappy than ever. We try to wear the crown, and it's way too heavy for our heads. The Savior will come, and the government will be on his shoulders. We'll, he'll bear the weight so we don't have to. We can live live the life of freedom and joy under his good rule and care. As I've gotten older, I've realized there's freedom and not being in charge. I don't have to make the call. I can trust that the eternal God of the universe knows better than me on how to live. And then the texts give us these descriptions, names he will be called, which was common in the ancient world for a king, ruler, the, would rise to power like Pharaoh. They have these titles or names that ascend to the throne described Isaiah 9, 6b. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are lofty titles. Not merely human ruler. Look at these really briefly. Wonderful Counselor. Counselor in the sense of a therapist, but an advisor or military and political context. A wise ruler, a leader knows that what to do and how to direct you in any situation, wonderful, more weighty than ours, isn't 
Isn't she his wonders in Egypt? His works are wonderful. Closest word Hebrew would have supernatural, divine wisdom, mighty God. Speaks to the deity of Jesus, fully God yet fully man. Almighty God himself in the flesh, everlasting Father. This one to come would show the love and protect us and provision of a father. Everlasting, he never goes tired or weary of, of loving us. Lastly, he's called the Prince of Peace. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace, again, that we all long for would be the mark of a good king in the ancient world, one who would bring the stability, protection from invaders. Think about the Pax Romana, Roman peace, seen as the golden age of peace, economic prosperity. Peace here, the Hebrew word for shalom, like the video says, explain that peace we desperately need, the peace that our world needs, according to the Bible, can only come through this baby that is born on Christmas. Movement three, what kind of peace? A few different angles to this. First, Jesus brings uh, peace between people, peace in our relationships, the church, our families, our neighborhoods. Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers as followers of Jesus. We are to be pe people of peace, love, reconciliation in a world who extend forgiveness, cancel deaths, do not hold grudges, humble ourselves, ask for forgiveness, love even our enemies. That's what he taught. Sometimes we skip over this one, talk about other kinds of peace. We will, in a, in a minute, ironic because people, ironic because peace between people is such a key emphasis in the context of the peace. We don't want to helicopter in these titles and ignore the context. It's speaking of a ruler to come, government of peace, a kingdom that will, not, will have no end, end of war and oppression and justice. Wait the fullness of this time to come as Jesus returns. But as followers of Jesus, we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Would our world be more and more marked by your love and peace? Perhaps the invitation for you tonight is to remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and so you as his followers are to, are to be his peacemaker. And maybe that means changing your posture at the family dinner you're, going, you're about to go to or the family gathering tomorrow. You know that the person is going to be there that drives you crazy. Are things different from you or votes differently than you, offending you? They have an urge, they have a grudge against you, neighbors who don't like you. You can instead say, God has been so gracious to me, so patient with me, so kind to me, save me from my sins when I didn't deserve it. How could I not extend grace to those around me? So we seek to live at peace. God would let you, would let your love change my heart and help me to love, love like you do. Or maybe there is something more serious that God is bringing up, a place where shalom is absent in your life, a broken relationship, a friendship that you haven't spoken to in years, a family member that you haven't been reconciled with, a way you've wronged someone else and haven't really acknowledged it and repented. You need to make a phone call, send a text, and give an apology. Jesus not only brings peace between people, but also peace within people. So much of our angst and anxiety and longing within is for peace and rest in our hearts. Our own, we find snapshots of peace, a version of peace. Often we have to have this circumstance around us just right. Picture with me your peaceful place. If I were to ask you when, <clears throat> where, when are you really at peace? Our vacation beach in Hawaii, maybe gentle waves, a breeze, you have a, something cold to drink. 
parents, moms, go quiet morning at home, no kids in the house, hot coffee, good book, no interruptions. Matt says that's his moment. Sometimes our version of peace requires all these dominoes be lined up. None of us in the house are sick. Credit card balance isn't too high. You have a few moments alone where no one needs anything from me. I'm not tired. The 49ers have won this week and no one is mad at me. I know my spouse has given me the love I need. If all those things align at the right moment, we can have peace. If one or two of those are off or in interrupted, our peace is gone. Jesus doesn't want to give us fragile, circumstantial peace. What if we could experience deep inner peace even if the list of circumstances is haywire? What if we could have a deep inner peace every, um, even in the valley? Jesus, our Prince of Peace, come, uh, came and said near his death to his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says his peace is fundamentally different from the peace that the world gives. You cannot find temporary happiness or calm in your life. Jesus offers a deep joy and peace that can present even in the storm. In Jesus, our identity is not earned but received. Our eternity is secure. We have a Father in heaven who knows and loves us, works all things for our good. Let the priests of Christ rule in our hearts. Jesus brings peace between people, peace within people, and peace with God. That's really a foundation <clears throat> that all others grow out of. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, brings us peace with God, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. The Bible explains that we, have, we were dead in our, in our sins and our trespasses, enemies of God running the opposite direction from him, broken relationships with him. We stand one day before a holy God and we're judged, unrighteous, condemned, but God is rich in mercy. Romans 5, 1 says that we were justified by faith. Justified, declared righteous. God can look at us and consider us unclean, washed, forgiven, righteous. How? Not by works, but by faith. Through faith in Jesus, our Savior, this is the gospel. Not that you need to be good or clean up your act, but that we couldn't clean up our act. Why Jesus came, he was born. Why he would die for our sins to save us so that we believe and trust in him, his perfect, his perfect righteousness would be applied or imputed to us. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As the song goes, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Do you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas special? At the end, it's frustration. He cries out, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? He sensed that it was about more than just presents, general sentiments of peace and gratitude that Linus sets up and quotes the book of Luke, reminding him that Christmas is about Jesus. 
Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Jesus was born the first Christmas. He came to lay down his life, die on the cross for us. God loves you, invites you into his, a new relationship with him more than anything. That's what I hope you hear tonight.